0: Welcome to A Year on Tour with Wittinghus. Here's your host, Hans Christian Wittinghus. Hello, guys and girls, and welcome back to another episode of A Year on Tour with Wittinghus. Today I am recording in Brøndby, my daily training environment, the place where I train every day. I'm doing this one between two sessions. So, I apologize if the sound is a little bit different compared to usual, but hopefully you won't be able to hear any difference. Anyway, today's program uh, schedule will be me talking a little bit about my focus this week, leading up to Singapore Open next week. And then I will go into some details about how I looked at the Malaysia Open last week, but also and especially how the windy conditions we saw there really affects the game so i'll try to educate all you guys a little bit on how a large drift or huge drift in a uh, in a hole affects the game so anyway let's just get to it So, talking a bit about my focus this week, leading up to Singapore Open next week, which will be my next event. In general, I I'm always focusing a lot on my basics, looking at, uh, leading up to a tournament. So, just like the basic stuff of defense and playing it around full court with few mistakes trying to play at a high pace again with no mistakes even though i i do commit mistakes when i play and sometimes too many this is the kind of thing that i i prefer to do try to do this exercise we call deep pressure where there are two players at the front of the court applying pressure to me when i'm working on on the full court so i'm playing a lot of shots from under pressure on the baseline and also a little bit below the tape on the front court. So doing an exercise like this, where I'm just trying to get everything back, move well, stay calm and not, not panic because I'm under pressure. Um, it's, it's a very, very basic exercise and it's one that makes me feel quite confident leading up to a tournament if I can, if I can do that at a high pace with, with few mistakes. So that, that's like one of my focus points. Another one is that I am really focusing a lot on my front court play. I do that quite often as well, but I'll do it especially leading up to a tournament like the one in Singapore because I know in Singapore the conditions are also going to be a bit tricky. There will be a lot of drift. Usually there is a, a lot of drift in, in that stadium we're in. Uh, I don't imagine it will be any different this time. And when there is a lot of drift, it is very, very important, as it always is, of course, but I think it's especially important in windy conditions to be able to control the front of the court. If you cannot control the front of the court, you will be in a position all the time where it's very difficult to control the condition. So the player who controls the front of the court will usually have the better chance of winning. So that's why I'm I'm putting a little bit extra focus on this element in my training this week and also last week when I was back in training from my short holiday. And so how do I do that? Well, I do a lot of exercises in, when we do technical stuff with the front court, but also in all the exercises we do, I try to focus a lot on dominating the front of the court. So, so that's my main focus, almost no matter what the exercise we're actually doing is, then I will always have my main focus of trying to control the front of the court, trying to be really quick at the net. Uh, so I get in control all the time the final thing that i will say is my focus uh, especially this week is to get the good feeling in my body get the legs going get my my weight sessions done at a high level um, so i i just create this feeling of feeling fast and fit and yeah going into the week in singapore feeling like my body is Where it's supposed to be, so that that is really really important, and also something that's increasingly important for me. Every time I go to tournaments, that I need to be able to, at least in the week leading up to it, get this feeling of feeling fresh in my legs, feeling fast. And luckily, so far this year, it's uh, it's actually been doable for me, and I also feel quite okay in my my legs right now. I'm recording this episode on Wednesday, the sixth of July, and I will leave for Singapore on on saturday this week so so far so good for this week and i will continue a couple of more days before i leave on saturday focusing on these three things my basics my net game and my legs getting the body it's feeling great Right now at home, we are only three singles players in the uh, national team setup. It's me, it's Maunus Johannesson and Mess Christoffersen, two young guys who have been doing really well lately in the international challenge tour. Uh, so I've been sparring with them for uh, yeah the past uh, ten days. Um, and if you're wondering why we're only three, well, obviously victor he's not here anymore he's in uh, dubai and obviously also in asia to play um, gemke injured in asia so he's he's uh, not back in training the same goes for Anas and victor Swenson, who's usually here as well he traveled to malaysia to play there so there's only the three of us left but it's uh, it's still really high quality training and uh, we have a lot of focus from the coaches because we are only the three of us and then a couple of doubles players so we have a lot of focus from the coaches so I cannot complain about training. It has actually been very good for the for the past ten days. I do not know who I'm playing yet in Singapore. Uh, I was supposed to play Anas and Thompson, but um, yeah, he pulled out. He's still injured. Uh, and since there has been, I know at least six uh, withdrawals from Singapore, Open, then there will also be six players promoted from the qualifying. And there will be a random draw to know where these six players will go. And there will probably be even more withdrawals before we actually start the event. So I can play any of those six players who are being promoted. I won't know until the Monday before the tournament starts on Tuesday and I will have to play on Wednesday. So I can't really do any video analysis, any preparation like that yet. I won't be able to do that until I'm told after the manager's meeting on the Monday who I'm playing. So video analysis preparation that will have to wait until Tuesday next week, actually. Right, moving on to a talk about the Malaysia Open that went on last week. I actually won't be talking too much about uh, the results. I I do want to mention a few of them, though. I want to just acknowledge, difficult word, acknowledge Victor for uh, his performance, but also the Chinese uh, mixed doubles who won their fifth event in a row, the Indonesian women's doubles who won their first event, Rahayu and uh, Ramadani. And also Ratchanok for, uh, Intanon for actually winning that women's singles title. I think it was great to see her back at her very, very best. Obviously, Victor was a big, big story for the week. Managed to beat Momota seven, uh, four and seven in the final. And he uh, obviously has now won the, all three events he played in Asia, the Indonesia Masters, Indonesia Open, and the Malaysia Open. Very impressive very impressive indeed and by far the the best player in the world at the moment no doubt about that he's going to go into the world championships as the heavy heavy favorite there's no doubt about that as i said five titles in a row for uh, the chinese mixed doubles of uh shang and wei and Huang who uh, started off by winning the asian championships and then has just been ca- carrying on beating everyone very convincingly in most of the matches so really impressive stuff from those two it was great to see Rahayo and ramadani from indonesia the new women's doubles pairing after Gresha Poly retired um, and Poli, Poly the olympic champion with Rahayo, uh, yeah it was great to see the new pairing just play better and better uh, in during these three events they had a quarter final finish a final and now they also got their first big title with the Malaysia Open title. That's just amazing. And I think sometimes women's doubles get a lot of criticism for not being too interesting, being a little bit boring uh, for some to watch. But if you watch these two players play and you think it's boring, then I think you're just not into badminton because they are both very entertaining to watch and i have high hopes for uh, for them in the future i think they could be one of the future great pairings um, maybe even yeah one of the best ever from indonesia so that's going to be really really interesting to uh, follow in the future and as i said just amazing to see Ratchanok internang back at her best beating chen yu fei the olympic champion in a uh, big final like the malaysia open Uh, it's it's just great and as always i really love watching Ratchanok. she is an amazing badminton player, so much skill, and she has the power as well. She has the uh, the charisma as well. Uh, her personality is great. She's always smiling. She's a friendly athlete. Uh, yeah, and just has produced so many great results. I have a lot of respect for her, and I always love watching her play in the women's singles event. So apart from the results in Malaysia, and obviously there are a lot more interesting results as well than the ones I mentioned. But what I found really interesting in Malaysia was the fact that the conditions there were really tricky. There was a lot of drift or wind, as we also call it sometimes, where you can see that the shuttle is being affected by probably the air-conditioned system. It can also be doors that are being open and closed all the time. It was a huge, huge crowd. and in. in Indonesia in Malaysia this time much bigger crowd than what I've ever experienced in my career before I'm actually a little bit sad I didn't play in terms of that I w- would have loved to get that experience in Malaysia as well but it was just great to see but anyway all these people all the air condition and everything it it, it just affects the shuttle a lot and that's also why you saw a lot of three game matches in in Malaysia also where the scores were very uneven, so not even close in the first two games because one of the sides is is much harder to play on compared to the other. And then it had to be all decided in in the final game where obviously we changed sides at 11, so you get half a game on the good side, half a game on the bad side. I do have this feeling though that sometimes people don't really understand completely why it is so difficult to play in windy conditions or conditions with a lot of drift. So I'll, I'll try to explain that a bit more in, in detail. We are talking about two different kinds of drift usually. You can play with drift that are in your back or yeah, hit wind, so that, that's quite common that one side is a little bit faster because you're playing with the wind and the other side is slower because you play against the wind. So the wind will stop the, uh, the shuttle. Uh, a bit when you hit it towards, especially towards the baseline. In Malaysia, there was also quite a bit of side drift. So there's also side from one end of the arena to the other, which obviously affects the shuttle uh, in many ways as well. For example, if you play on the side where you're playing with the wind and there's also a side drift, then if you play towards the corner where the side drift is heading towards, And you also have the wind in the back then that corner is going to be really really fast and very difficult to play because you get extra pace on the shuttle both from the wind in the back but also from the side side drift so you need to be really careful about playing it especially cross-court towards that corner because you will you will really get a lot of extra pace and because of that, it, it's so difficult to really use that corner in a way where you apply any kind of pressure because when you play it, you need to play your shof, your soft <laughs> sorry, your shots so softly because when you play it softly, the wind will kind of do the rest and take, take the shuttle uh, there so it, it gets closer to the baseline. But when you hit them softly, you, you take out the pace still in some way and it makes it quite easy for your opponent to intercept. And obviously when you know that's difficult and you're not playing that corner a lot, it makes it easier for your opponent to kind of rule out that that corner is not really gonna be played a lot and even the other baseline corner is perhaps also gonna be neglected a little bit even though the side drift helps keep the shuttle in. But as long as you play on the side with the wind you you know you need to be careful about playing the baseline too much and your opponent also knows that okay he's he or she is probably gonna play a lot to the front of the court they're gonna attack a lot play it a lot downwards because that's easier to control with the drift and obviously that makes the court a lot smaller to cover for your opponent and that's why it's so important uh, so difficult to to be on the side where you have the wind in the back on the contrary if you're on the other side of the court where you play with the wind towards you so the it, it kind of stops the shuttle when you hit it to the to the baseline it means that you can really really hit your shots at such a high pace like you can hit them so hard when you when you make your lift so if you make a clear and when you do that as an opponent, you just feel like you're being pushed to the corners all the time. And there's basically nothing you can do about it, on le- apart from just trying to work hard, keep it downwards, keep attacking and hoping that your opponent will make a bad decision, maybe at some point not hit it hard enough so the lift actually gets a little bit short. But if if a player plays on the good side of the court where you play uh, against the wind, if they play with good length all the time, it's almost impossible to do anything because you will just be driven around court from corner to corner and you can't really get out of it because you cannot play freely on the other court. You you have to play mostly to the, the front of the court and it, it makes it really, really difficult. And it's all about the, like, the pace of the shuttle when it leaves the racket, it's so, so important if you play it slowly as you have to do on the on the difficult side then it's just easy to intercept for the opponent if you play it really fast as you can on the other side of the court it's just so difficult to uh, yeah to do anything because you will just be put under a lot of pressure i hope it makes some kind of sense it can be a little bit tricky to explain Um, One thing you can do when you're on the difficult side, and a lot of the good players also do that, is to try and actually get the difficult corner in play early in the rally. So when you are in good balance, or even if you are a little bit on top in the rally, then it's a quite good trick to try and get that difficult corner played early on, or when you are, yeah, as I said, on top in the rally because that kind of gets into the head of your opponent that if you do play the difficult corner every now and then, obviously it makes it a bit more difficult for your opponent to then kind of rule out that that corner will ever be played. And that way they won't be able to be so fast on the shoot you play to the front of the court. So that that's one area where the very best players who are ve- very good at controlling the drift, where they excel, they are still able to choose the right times to to play it to the difficult corners without making mistakes and without giving away uh, a good attacking opportunity for your opponent it sounds very simple but i promise you at the pace that the matches are being played it's not that difficult to, to make that good decision all the time and at the same time control the show when the wind comes from both sideways and also uh, yeah from the back of you as I said also, if you play with the wind, so again, on the difficult side, if you also have side wind coming in from, from one side, you can sometimes actually exploit that corner where the side wind is coming in to help like stop the shuttle a little bit. So imagine uh, as a right-hander, if I'm on the fast side where I play with the wind and the side drift is coming in from my forehand towards the backhand, then if I'm playing a backhand lift cross-court towards the forehand, so against the side drift, then the side drift actually stops the shuttle a little bit. And even though I also have the headwind, or not the headwind, the wind from the back, it would actually be easier for me to play that corner. So from backhand to forehand, because the side wind helps stop and kind of uh, not terminate the, the 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 drift from the back, but kind of uh, kind of equal equalize it if that makes sense so so that's also a trick to try and use that corner a bit more again to try and show your opponent that okay i am not too afraid of playing the back line and trying to pull your opponent a little bit back on court anyway it's quite technical i hope it made sense and i hope it it gives you a better understanding of what it is that's so difficult about playing in in windy or conditions or conditions with a lot of drift if there's anything you want to ask about it just uh, send me a a comment for uh, on this podcast or send me a, a message on my social media and then i'll try to be even more specific in my explanations so i got a lot of questions from my patrons about how do i prepare for conditions like this with a lot of drift and wind like i suppose there will be in singapore next week so i'll try to go into that a little bit and like sometimes but very rarely actually we get the air condition turned on in the arena we train in every day here in denmark um, we don't do it too often because it's actually expensive to turn it on. It, it uh, uses a lot of electricity uh, and it's not free, especially not at the moment. So we only do that very rarely, uh, mostly leading up to big events like the World Championships, Olympics and, and stuff like that. But that's one way you can do it. So you're actually training conditions where there is a lot of drift. Another thing we do, uh, which we do quite often, is that we prepare with some really slow shuttles and then change each set to some really, really fast shuttles. Obviously, then it's the same for both players, but it, it kind of, it's kind of the same. Like if you play with a really slow shuttle, it's a bit like playing against the wind that you can really push your shots. You can really hit them hard without them going out of the baseline. With the really fast ones, you need to be so careful when you play the baseline, because if you give it just a little bit too much, it will obviously, go out so that that's like a a, a small way to prepare for it It, it's not perfect i know that but at least it it gives you this awareness of how much extra power you need to to give your shots or how less uh, less power you need to give them another thing we do is is do a lot of tactical games so for example play a match where it's without the baseline so anything that goes past the, the double service line that's out. That's again to kind of kind of have the same concept as the, the really slow or fast shuttles that you, you need to be careful with how, how much pace you, you give your shots. And in general, all these tactical games, no matter what it is, we also play sometimes without the front of the court. So anything in front of the, the short service line is, is out. Any kind of tactical game like this, where you limit what you can do, uh, where you really have to think about how you play and uh, how you exploit the advantages or disadvantages. It just raises your awareness and also your ability to handle stuff like like this. We can also do tactical games where, for example, your opponent is not allowed to play to your uh, deep, so your baseline forehand corner, they can play anywhere else. Um, so that that's to kind of, uh, have the same feeling as if i'm playing on the side where it's difficult for my opponent to play that corner because he has maybe both side drift and also a drift from the coming from his his uh, baseline towards mine and um, so we do many kinds of different tactical games to try and again raise our awareness and and our ability to just handle difficult situations uh, or conditions and it won't necessarily be similar or completely similar to what we experience when we go out, but it, it helps us a lot in our awareness and our ability to to handle it. I'd say the final thing we do to to try and help ourselves, ourselves prepare better is that whenever we are at an event with a windy hall, we try to get as much time in the main hall as possible. And I'm not talking about trying to win our matches, because obviously we always try to do that. But if we can get like just 30 minutes early, early morning time before the the tournament matches start, so at 6 in the morning, 6.30, something like that, if we can get time in the main hall, we will go there and, and do our training there, especially if, if we already lost. So, for example, in Indonesia, where I lost the first round uh, in the first tournament, I had, I think, four or five days where I was actually in the main hall between 6 and 7. to to get a hit there and get a little bit of extra training because every single minute extra you can get on court in those conditions it will just help you next time you go there and it will help you understand better how the drift is how it affects your timing how it affects your mindset and everything so we try to explore it every time we have any kind of opportunity to to get an extra chance to to hit in these holes because it just again gives you more experience and with more experience you also get to handle these conditions a lot better so i guess that that's basically how we try to prepare for these events i I don't do stuff very differently in my daily training i'm i'm sticking to a lot of the things i already already know but as i said yeah slow fast shuttles sometimes turning on off the air condition and playing a lot of tactical games where we where we set up different rules to try and make it look like it's a uh, a match in difficult conditions right guys and girls i hope that answered your questions about playing in windy conditions again if it was uh, not clear in any way or didn't make sense please let me know and i'll uh, i'll try to explain it uh, better to you personally on my social media or maybe in a new podcast my next episode will be from singapore i'm leaving saturday and i will still make a podcast that will come out next Wednesday Uh, I don't know if I will be able to do recaps of all my matches but I promise you there will be an episode again on Wednesday uh, and at that time I will be knowing who my opponent in the first round is so I'll be obviously be talking a bit about that and my expectations for Singapore so stay tuned for that guys and girls and thanks so much for listening thanks so much for your support especially my 37 amazing patrons i really really appreciate your support so much thank you guys see you bye thank you for listening to a year on tour with vittinghus if you enjoyed the show please rate share and leave a comment in itunes or your preferred podcast app